Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I hope things are going smoothly in your world. That full moon we had last week was a little weird, so I'm glad that's over and it's getting warmer here in my new home, Louisville, Kentucky. Never thought I would say that. I just looked out the window and guess what's staring at me from across the street in our new neighborhood? It is a giant wooden Bigfoot. I'm not kidding. I will post it in the social media post for this episode. Just so you know, I am not lying. When we moved here in the beginning of February, it had a heart on its chest. The Bigfoot did. And now it has a shamrock on its chest. I'm telling you, you can't make this shit up. At some point, I will gather the courage and knock on my new neighbor's door and ask them about their unusual lawn ornament. And don't worry, I will let you know what happens. This week, I have one doozy of an episode for you. I mean, this is going to be unlike anything you've ever heard here on Follow the Woo. And honestly, I can't believe my mom agreed to share this story with y'all. So this is a real treat My mom and I did magic mushrooms together. I don't want to give too much away in the intro here, so let me just give you some notes for navigating this episode. To start, psilocybin is a naturally occurring psychedelic compound produced by more than 200 species of fungi. We also mentioned Paul Stamets. He's an American mycologist, an author, and an advocate of medicinal fungi. He's also one of the leading mycologists in the world, and many call him the mushroom whisperer because of his deep connection to mycelium. So a mycologist is someone who studies and researches fungi, which are living organisms like mold and yeast and mushrooms. And mycelium is part of the fungi kingdom, and it's this network of threads called hyphae from which mushrooms grow. Mycelia are most prevalent in fields, forests, and, you know, heavily wooded areas, but they really connect to pretty much everything in the world. And some have said that the mycelium is directly connected to other dimensions, and specifically the fae or ultraterrestrials. I am a firm believer that the Fae travel interdimensionally via the mycelium network, or maybe it's not them specifically who travel via the network, but it's a communication between different dimensions. So between the Fae and us, I don't know. It's a working theory. All right. Another note, I question the legality of magic mushrooms in this conversation. So I checked it out and it is in fact illegal in all of the U.S., but It's decriminalized in Seattle, Washington, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Denver, Colorado, Oakland, California, Santa Cruz, California, Somerville and Cambridge, Massachusetts, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. Interestingly, starting on February 1st, 2021, it is legal in Oregon for mental health treatment in supervised settings. Very cutting edge, Oregon. 
while I was at it, I saw that they're legal in Jamaica, the Netherlands, with some restrictions, Nepal and Samoa. I think there are some more countries that I might have missed, but I think it's more on the decriminalized side of things. So there you go. Also, I don't know why, but I skip over the fact that I did try a small dose of shrooms once when I was in high school, and it went very poorly. So just so you have the cliff notes from that story, I was at a house party. I just remember going to the bathroom, and I was sitting on the toilet, and there was a drip in the sink, you know, like the faucet was just, just had a little drip, drip, drip. And suddenly I thought I was drowning from all of the water that was coming out of the faucet. Like the drips had turned into giant waves of water. So for me, psychedelics were just not my jam. I didn't want to drown in the bathroom. That was not my thing. Just wanted you to know that little story because I do reference it and then it kind of gets lost in this conversation. I get pretty hyper chatting about all of this because it triggered anxiety for both of us. So bear with our jazziness. It's mostly my jazziness. Um, I get a little like, (laughs) but you know, I just love me anyway. All right. Those are all my notes. Let's just dive into the woo of shrooms. So how did it start? Okay, so we came to visit you. Right, in the summertime, and we had watched the Fantastic Fungi documentary with Paul Stamens. Stamens. And it was fantastic. Wynn and I were both raving about it. It was so interesting, and especially when he goes into how the mycelium go under the ground, and we're like, oh, we want to be connected to the mycelium. And and so Wynn and I were like, well, we would try it. They're doing stuff at Johns Hopkins. It must be okay. And you, you would try doing the psilocybin. Right, the psilocybin. So in the documentary, he talks about this crazy experience where he... He didn't know how much he was taking. He took like a bag of psilocybin and he didn't, it was a lot. Right. And he had this profound experience where he was stuck on the tree. Right. And that totally changed the direction of his life. And he didn't have, he was a hardcore stutter. And then after he did that, he didn't stutter at all. And he, it changed his whole life and he became like a mycelium whisperer. Yes. And so we were really inspired by that story. And also the stuff they were doing at Johns Hopkins with healing people and helping them with trauma. And cancer. And cancer and all of the things and other stories about people opening up their like spiritual centers and their third eye. And it just something I had never entertained doing before was all of a sudden seemed accessible and something maybe I would try. But <laughs> we did not want to take... A bag. We didn't want to take a bag. We no. knew we didn't want to go the full Paul Stamets route, right. but we were like, well, maybe we would consider that at some point. Right. But I had no idea that it was accessible. No, because it's illegal. Right. Yeah. I live in Pennsylvania and it's illegal here. Well, it's illegal. Is it an illegal in every state? I, I don't know. Or it's like not criminal. It's decriminalized in some states or something. Yeah. So anyway, my wife, Ash, happens to stumble upon them some a couple months later. Right. And her good friend has a 
somebody who grows them and, and like knows them really well and is really comfortable with them. And it's supposedly a really good strain. And so she was like, I have this. We, you know, we can. All of a sudden it was accessible. It was accessible. Yeah. We're like, well, I think maybe we should try it. But I was still nervous and I did not want to try it around my well, family, your, especially my underage children. Your teenage yes. child. Yes. My teenage child. And I also, I felt like it was going to be something really personal. And I didn't want her to have access to it until I had tried it out first. Yeah. I was kind of trying to protect her from anything because she had never done anything like that. Yeah. Neither well, had neither I. Well, neither I do. No. But, you know. Well, but we had... You know, you and I smoked pot a couple times together. Those were fun times. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. We're going to talk about hard drugs, but not, not hot. <laughs> no, there are some funny stories there, but another time. That is a funny story. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. More than one. So I had done shrooms once. Now, my listeners know that I've done hard drugs when I was younger, and you know that. Yeah. But psychedelics were not my drug of choice. I did not like it. I was always the babysitter for my friends who would trip. Right. Because I didn't like how out of control they seemed. Right. <laughs> and sometimes and it was really scary. Tripping never some, was something that felt okay with me. I never said, oh, I would like to try that. No way. No. Nothing about that was appealing to me. Being out of control, just the idea of tripping was like, no Absolutely no. Well, yeah. And, you know, when I watched my friends do it in high school, it was like a lot of them would freak out and they would think that the door was alive or that the their face was melting or just yeah. stuff that I didn't. I was like, I already have an overactive imagination. I don't need any help. No. I'm good there. So I didn't, I tried other drugs. I liked other drugs, but I did, was not interested in that. And so when we, it was just, you know, in 2021 that I even considered right. maybe trying it. Right. And I had never tried anything other than pot, never anything else. I think I was slipped a Mickey one time and that I passed out. Somebody puts a, a like, like the, the drug in my drink when I was at a bar. It's what are they called? I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a, a roofie. Good, yeah. It wasn't a good experience. And my friends had to drag me out of the bathroom. I was very young and it was a long, 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 long time ago, but it was That's so horrible. nothing I ever wanted. I never wanted to do anything with drugs. Alcohol was my drug of choice when I was young. So I didn't do any, anything else. So to, the only thing that convinced me was this damn documentary. The damn Paul statements. And I have to say, it wasn't just that. I was, I was at a point in my life where I felt like I had you know, studied spiritualism my whole life, my whole adult life. I had investigated so many things in myself. I had lots of woo experiences mm -hmm. and over the years. Um, but I felt like there was this wall and I wanted to kind of this veil and I wanted to kind of pierce that and see, you know, and there was lots of really great stories about people getting in touch with their higher selves or their inner selves or, you know, something that was, which is, I was looking for. I wanted that extra something in my life at this point. Yeah. And we so, were both looking for some kind of spiritual awakening. Yeah. Something some a little extent. deeper than, uh, than what I had experienced so far. We didn't really, we weren't looking for what we got. No, we <laughs> didn't. Yeah, we were. Mm, wow. Also, I should say here that 
I wanted to take ayahuasca when I was younger because I had heard that that was a very um, spiritual experience, like DMT, too. Those are all, like, the spirit drugs. I just never wanted to throw up. No, I didn't want to throw up either. And I know with ayahuasca, you gotta, you throw your, throw up your whole stomach. Well, I did that in this, with this one too. So, you know, whatever. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, <laughs> for what's to come. So, and that's something that I did not remember about my friends doing it is that there is a, a nausea element. But I wanted to do ayahuasca and I talked to a shaman. This was like when I was in my early twenties and she was like, hell no girl, you're not ready for ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. She was like the, cl- she said the climb up the mountain is supposed to be a gradual climb and going to ayahuasca would be like skipping all of these steps. And, and that's just too much energy work for you right now. Right. So I, and she, and then I did a bunch of research on it and I was like, mm, I think she's right. So I just did not. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm good. So, but, well, well, so that's a good thing to note for later. Yeah. So then Ash gets the goods. Well, so I came to visit away from my family and. In uh, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. And we had uh, had a very hard time. We went to see your grandmother, my mother, Mm -hmm. and she um, has Alzheimer's. And so that was a really hard experience. And my family is not an easy uh, visit. There's ne- it's never easy to visit them. And with mom's condition on top of it, it was really stressful and difficult. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to California. Oh yeah. We were in a bad spot. Yeah. We, like you and I had gotten to a little bit of an arg, a big argument yeah. and which we don't mm-hmm. usually do. Right. So we were already in a weird, bad yeah. spot. As soon as we arrived in Arizona, we got it. I mean, we had like Drove into the town and it, and it was started. like Bam. argument. It was yeah. like the energy was okay. overwhelming from there. We just, the anticipation of what we were going to be dealing with, I think was a lot yeah. of it. We left Arizona after a couple of days and went back to California and then Ash had. And so I was, this is the weird thing too. I wasn't even really interested in doing it and neither was Ash, but you insisted. I was like hell bent on it. I was like, this is my chance. I don't know when I'll get another chance away from my family. I don't want to be anywhere near uh, our son when he, you know, he's too young. I don't want him to see me. If there's, I, I just, it didn't feel safe and it would felt safe with you guys. And so I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. Uh, Cause we were stupid. We were stupid. N- we we did so few things correctly. See. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we were just knew we wanted to do this and it came to us and you know Ash had this amount. It didn't seem like a lot, but you know, we didn't know what a lot was. Well, we had a scale that was a food scale. <laughs> but the thing is that um it was I don't think it was the right kind. And so we were just kind of like, is it an ounce? Is it three ounces. Like we just did not know what we were doing. We didn't even research, which is, I'm a Capricorn. I am obsessed with researching. And I never wanted to do drugs. How could I have put that in me, not knowing what I was putting in? And she was divvying it up. She says, well, if we do this much, just a third each. We're like, okay. So stupid. Well, the thing that is so weird, and I am going to start just like talking to the camera a little, because it does feel like at this point, it's a story. Yes. So, the thing that is so weird is that my best friend loved psychedelics and did them a lot. And he would have told us, 
don't take that much. Don't take. He would have said probably don't take. He was like, don't somebody, take it at all. Don't without me being there or somebody being there. You should never. Uh, you should never do this without somebody there with you that is not taking the drug truth so that you have a guide, somebody to tell you you're okay. Right. Holy. So you should have that. You should have a babysitter. You should take the appropriate amount, least amount, less than you think you should take. Yeah. You should also not be in a bad space. All three of those things caution to the wind. And we said afterward, it was almost like it was meant to be that way because we didn't even act within character. Yeah. Cause we were, we did not act within character. Yeah, we, we were, were out of character like, in doing that. Fuck it. And we did it. Ash had taken this strain before and she had just like put it on, you know, one piece of pizza. Like that's how much it kind of filled a little, little slice of pizza. And to give you an idea how much we took. We had two slices. It was, it filled two slices for yeah. each of us. And we have zero tolerance and we're both really sensitive to like everything. <sighs> so I forget the amount. I'll tell you in the intro, but it was a butt ton. It was way too much. And so. So we're going to have to go through this part quickly because. And mom's going to have trauma. It's, it's going to re-traumatize so her. difficult to discuss the part. It's what horrible. It's so horrible. This uh, literally was. The worst experience of my life. And I have been through some experiences. I told Ash the same thing. I was like, that is the hardest, grossest, worst thing I've ever gone through. Oh, so, it, was, it went from, we went from feeling like the tapestry on the wall was moving <laughs> to, to I went into the bathroom and threw up. A lot. A lot. And then my face, I felt like my face was melting. I kept throwing up. I would look in the mirror and I had, my eyes were like huge. And I was like trying to claw at my mouth. I wanted to get it out somehow. I was trying to throw up more. I wanted to get as much out of me as possible, which isn't, it was too late by this time. It was already in the bloodstream. Can't throw it up. All gone. In case you're wanting to do this, which I highly recommend you do not. Oh God. it was. You cannot just throw it up. It's already in and it's got to just work its way out of your system. And it takes for fucking ever. <laughs> then, and it does feel like forever. It, do, it feels like forever. So the first half of my experience was being sick, feeling re- completely out of control in my body. I had dry mouth, so I would take a drink and then I would throw up the water. My face was like awful. I mean, I, I kept wanting to like claw at my mouth. I would try and comb like my a tongue, like a cat. <laughs> I was trying to get it. I was like, and I would stick my tongue out a lot. It was weird. Well, I feel like <sighs> your, yeah, your experience was gnarly. I had an awful experience as well. It should be noted here that it kicked in right away. That just shows you how much we took. Like it was like, oh, look, we just took it. Boom. And we're tripping. For those of you who have done psychedelics, you know that it goes in phases, especially shrooms. And so it was like phase after phase. So I was in one room. And the reason this is a woo thing is because everything that we experienced, although torturous, felt very elemental. It was almost like, why were we out of character and doing this fucking drug that we would never do normally? We had to do this. Yeah. And it was a dark night of the soul. It was, it was the darkest was night the of darkest the souls. It was the darkest night of the souls. Yes. Mom went to, I am convinced that 
mom went to what you perceived as the underworld. I went to death. I went to darkness because then I lay down on the floor and there were moments when I absolutely was convinced that this was it. I was dying and it was so dark. It was blackness and discomfort and nausea. And my mind was doing, I can't even describe. It just was so dark. It felt not evil, just devoid of any lightness. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally thought I was going to die. That whole first part. Which you were struggling with depression prior to yes. taking this. And you experienced what you said was like, you were like, fuck it. I want to die. I'm going to die here in this bathroom. That was it. I was, and I, I was say, I kept saying, you're so stupid for doing this. You're so stupid to myself. You're so stupid for doing this. So there's a lot of self-deprecating that I had done this in the first place when I never do anything like this. And then there was a part where I was like apologizing to my wife and to my kids. And I'm so sorry that I did this and I'm leaving you. And I, I, I was dying. I was it. I was the end. I was dying. And then. You didn't die. I you didn't. you decided you didn't want to yes, die, right? I decided I didn't want to die and I wanted to live. At that point, <laughs> there was still a lot to do. <laughs> the cat came in. Oh, and took a shit. And took a shit. I'm in the bathroom on the floor. I mean, on the floor. It's gnarly. It's really bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm feel like I'm not in control of my own body. And the cat comes in and takes a shit and it's you know, I'm already nauseous. I'm already feeling, and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get out of here. So I crawl, <laughs> she crawled of the bathroom into the bedroom, your bedroom. And I sat, they have, a, they had a floor length mirror and I turned and looked at that and I said, oh, fuck no, 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 no turned mirrors. away from the mirror because I couldn't do that. And I, I looked at the floor because when I looked up, then there was the tree outside the window and the tree was doing too many weird things. So I had to just watch <laughs> the floor and wait. And that was my second phase for me, which was the, when you look at your clock and the second hand isn't moving, not moving. This is, we have to stop here because this is a really important fey element. And this happens to people. Well, let me back up. First of all, mycelium is intrinsically tied to the fey. Right. It's it's in the underworld. I mean, it's in the ground. It's, it's the, everywhere. It's the elemental part of, yes, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Every living thing on the planet is connected to mycelium. And I have theories about mycelium being interdimensional as well. And so that maybe that's how the Fae traverse back and forth. Who knows? Because the network is so vast and so right. unfathomable. You can't even, you right. can't even figure out like, visually, if you drew it, you still wouldn't get it. Right. That's how big it is. So there's that element. And then the element of time, for those of you who listen to the fairy episode, time is a huge fairy yeah. thing. And time or time issues happens yeah. when you do shrooms and you got stuck in a time loop. Oh my and God. so she, was... you, you thought you were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was like an OCD tick almost. It was, it was, I was addicted to looking at my clock to my watch and it wouldn't move. And I'm like, oh fuck, it's not moving. It's not moving. And it's it got to, it's got to finish soon. Cause I can't do this much longer. I said that over mm-hmm. and over. You did. So in the middle of I'm doing this thing, you're doing your thing. My thing 
was not that dark, but it was awful. So you thought I was dying. I thought mom was dying, and that's a horrible, horrible feeling. And but prior to that, I was in the bedroom with Ash, and Ash was managing herself much better. But I was in there like melting into the bed, and I just had this overwhelming feeling of discomfort. Like it was just, <sighs> I hate this. The walls were moving. Everything was turning into different colors and ash said when she looked at me when we talked later i kept turning into like a grandmother and it was like i was shape-shifting and during that phase my first phase i felt like i was i said things to ash like we have to get through this everything is going to be okay you and i are safe and I, it was like I had a knowing, but it was in the middle of like horrible pain. And then my second phase was we're dying. Mom's dying. We have to call 911. Which, That's when I said, well, I'm sitting in the bathroom on the floor. And I said, should somebody call? I don't even care anymore. I just, I, I feel like I'm dying and I, and I don't, I don't want to die. And so let's call 911. And Ash had enough sensibilities to say, did. oh, no, 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 no. can't do that. And so I'm like, I don't care. I'm dying. You got to call somebody. And so somehow you guys figured out to call. Yes. And I don't know how. And this was the smartest move because if we didn't, we would have called the police. So we called who's done shroom so many times. Bless his ever loving heart. He saved us. He stayed on FaceTime with me, which was very confusing because he and his wife their faces were melting and turning into different animals and stuff. But at least I knew they were there and I could hear their voice. And I could hear their voice from the other room. Cause I'm, by this time I'm in the bedroom. Yes. And, and I was annoying. You know, well, <laughs> Ben is a verbal processor. I know surprise, that's surprising. Surprise. <laughs> um, I am not a verbal processor. So half the time I was like, Oh my God, would she shut the fuck up? And the other time, half the time I was like, so glad she's talking. I know she's okay. We're going to be okay. Uh -huh. So I went back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. In the meantime, he's on the phone, and I can hear him, and I would say, how much longer? And he would say, just a little bit longer. And I would say, you said that the last time. And he repeated himself so many times. He did. But it he didn't, was an angel. He was. We were on the phone with him for over two hours. And he got us through the hardest part because I was in full panic that you were actually dying. Yes, you were in full panic. So once he knew, he he could tell very well because he had done psychedelic so many times. He was like, I can tell. He's He knew it's like the cha-cha at the end when you're, when this was not the end. It was the third phase yeah. for us. The cha-cha is that like, oh, look, you look normal for a second. And then you go right back. And yeah. Oh, it's on. awful. And in the trails, you know, the, the light trails. And yeah. The, Oh, or you close your eyes and you can see, still see the trails. That freaked me out. Oh, you hated that. God, I hated it. You kept saying that, yeah. Ugh. So it would be like, oh, it's normal for a second, and then it would go into full on. Every time I felt normal, I was like, how much longer, Dustin? Yeah. So finally, he let us. He let us go. And he, he had was, to go to sleep. He was like, I gotta go to sleep, guys. You guys are fine now because we were. It had gotten to the point where we were. Oh my God, I can stand up. Yes. Like I could, yeah. I could take a shower maybe. Yep. I went and took a shower, needed. Pupils much... are still ginormous. Yes. But we kind of got settled. We felt like, okay, we're going to live. That was, that was yeah. the point where we felt like, okay, I'm going to live. I can't believe I did this. Yeah. I'm going to live. 
And but we're not in our right minds. Oh yet. no 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 no! It took much. It took another t- like two hours. I Something like that. Yeah. Maybe before three. even when we were later, when Ash had gone to sleep, she was fine. I had showered, and we were just on the futon in the living room, and we were chatting for a good long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's when you had your release. Yeah. So that was my. So Ash goes and she's worried about us and trying to take care of us, which totally screws up her experience. But then when she knows we're okay, she goes into the bedroom and she has a really unique experience that also makes me think the Faye were involved that night because her grandmothers and, and creatures came to visit her and gave her these like profound messages that were very, very they just made complete sense. It wasn't right. nonsensical. It wasn't like right. weird hallucinations. It was like right. These were messages that you needed to hear from your ancestors. And they were so profound that she was crying in the bedroom from not negative crying, but she was, she was, she was was moved. She was moved. And so she, at that point, I came in to see if she was okay. And she was like, I'm fine. You, I know from what I heard from my ancestors need to finish this trip out there in the living room with your mom. And it's not about me. So we need to be separate from each other. Up until that point, she was like our babysitting yeah, us was, while, while tripping, tripping her face off. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> my, my wife is amazing. I don't know what we would have done without her. <laughs> her and I, the well, we'd have, we'd have called 911. We would have and been real dum-dums. Real dum-dums. Yeah. Anyway. So anybody who doesn't know, you actually aren't physically in any danger. Your mind thinks you are. But physically. Generally what, speaking. Yeah, unless you have some kind of heart condition or some other, uh, which you should never do this without knowing all of that and taking all of that into account. Um, I would say don't do it unless you have. Like, I would say don't do it. I would just say don't do it. <laughs> don't but do it. I know a lot of you listening have already done it, and you're like, I'm fine with it, and that's fine for you. That's good. Yeah, but good I would. I wouldn't you. recommend it. <laughs> and then you came out, and that was like my third or fourth phase, and then I don't know what happened to trigger it. We started talking a little bit. And well, because something in me died in that bathroom. And I essentially mourned my mother's death. While I was holding her. Yeah. So she was holding me. I think that was the hardest I've ever cried. Yeah. Your shirt was covered in snot. Yes. I felt like I was crying from my solar plexus. Yeah. It was like... <gasps> and Ash is just in the other room like... She knew at that point her ancestor said, do not intervene. Yeah. And so... we. I just can't even imagine what she was thinking in there, but yeah, that was a hard time. And I do feel like, uh, every time we went into that bathroom for the next two days or three days before I left till we moved, it was, it was dark in there. There was a dark presence. Oh, she died. You, a part of you died in the bathroom. I am fully convinced. As am I. I used to like taking baths in there. I couldn't take a bath it was, in there. It was anymore. there was shadow in that bathroom, and I left it there. I didn't like it. No, it was it was really not good. And so we lived through it. The next day, we felt so much better, but we were still fucked up. I mean, not we weren't on drugs, fucked up, but we had There's trauma. This, this mind, this idea in your mind that you, what if it comes back? What if that mm-hmm. crazy feeling in your head comes back? Mm-hmm. What if it's not? What if I fucked my brain up for permanently? Mm-hmm. You yeah. have that idea, and you're you're not sure if you're gonna be okay. If if it's not, if you really haven't traumatized traumatized yourself permanently, you're not sure. Well, exactly. Like I'm fine. We're fine now. Fine now. But the next day, 
right before bed, because it started to get dark, I had a panic attack. In yeah. fact, two nights. Two nights in a row. Right. Two nights in a row, yep. I had a pa- panic attack yep. when the net sun went down because I thought it was going to start again. Yes. That's how I was so traumatized yes. by the experience. Yes, was I. Yes, for sure. It was very... But, you know, that night, I was just happy that night when the ma- most of it had worn off and I felt mostly normal. When I went to sleep two or three hours later, I still, when I closed my eyes, had some trails. Yeah. But I was just so grateful to be alive. I was so grateful to be alive. I was like, I'm okay. You're okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, if somebody took video of this, oh my God. we, I mean, at the end, the, I would, it would have been so, it was so hard to see my mom in the bathroom. That was horrible. That was a nightmare. But even like just video of us, like on the couch with our pupils, super dilated, like trying to come back to life. Holding each other's hands yep. as two grown women, women, we were like, should we listen to Harry Potter on Audible? Like we just were trying to find happiness. Something to, to be normal and happy and, and, you know, feel like it was normal because we certainly did not feel normal. And the, <clears throat> the Faye part. So time, we both said 16 years. It felt like we were gone for 16 years, yeah. which was kind of an exaggeration. But how long do you feel like it really took? It felt like it took days. Days, yeah. I um, agree. That part in, in the bedroom when I was t- when I was in the time loop, I wasn't sure we were ever going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Oh, no, neither was I. I, I said, is it forever? It's forever, isn't it? It's forever. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And he was like, it's not forever. And then he'd be like, stand up, blow bubbles, you know, because your, your mind starts to trick you. And so he would be, he knew how to get you out of, because he had tripped so many times. So he would, he's like, get a... Glass of water. Glass of water with a straw. Yeah. And just blow bubbles. Blow bubbles every time you think your mind is going crazy. And it was a way to ground you. Yep. Blow bubbles. Blow bubbles. You you, you don't do that a lot. Stand up. Blow bubbles. Okay. Sit down. Okay. You're going to be all right. Is it forever, Dustin? (laughs) That's what I was yelling from the other room. But that was a huge part is that it was about seven hours was Mm. the real reality of the time. But it felt like it was days for sure. It felt a very long time. Like maybe five and days. I don't know. Something like that. Like the two biggest parts for me were the dying in the bathroom and then the time loop and the, and that sounds very simplistic, but the amount of discomfort and nausea and scariness, you know, some people say, what well, if you have a death near death experience, then, you know, it just makes you feel very good about life. Well, it does. But when you're still kind of <laughs> tripping in your mind. Yeah. It takes a long time for that. And then you're traumatized. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely so. So there's this t- every time you, I, I really, every time I would close my eyes to go to sleep for weeks, mm-hmm. I would test. Do I see trails? Am I seeing trails? Mm-hmm. Is it going to, is it still there? Is it something I invited into my mind and my being that mm-hmm. won't ever leave? Is that darkness forever in me? And so that was something that was a trauma just ongoing. Yeah, it haunted us, but my tripping experience was very chaos. Everything about my right. trip was ex- was chaos. Right. And everything about yours was dark and death. Right. And so it felt like the gift you were given was well, it felt like I was given the opportunity to say I knew for sure <laughs> I wanted to live yes. after that. So that was a gift. And then I felt like something went out of me in the bathroom, but I didn't know what it was. It wasn't a good experience. It didn't like feel like so I was 
relieved when it left no. or I was it like, fought its way out. No. And I wasn't like feeling great when it left. Yeah. I actually felt like part of me was still tied to that death yeah. for a while. And we'll talk about where that went after that. But I did, I, I was, it was just, it was death. It felt like death. And so kind of a little bit of backstory. I have always had this feeling always my whole life even when I was small in the environment that I grew up in, that I had a connection to God or my higher self or a bigger spirit or something. I had a connection to light, to a lightness Mm -hmm. of, of the universe. And I always felt like I had that, even when I didn't know what it was called or had it, you know, changed names throughout my life. I always could go inside and I could feel that thread after this experience was gone. So it wasn't just gone. It wasn't just gone during the experience. No. Post experience, you were like, does that even exist? And you were having what I think you said was like an existential, like a spiritual existential crisis. Crisis. I was like, what happened? And I was pissed. I was pissed because in the, my darkest moment, where was the light? Yeah. I was so upset with, with that. I mean, like if this was what you know, this mushroom opening, thinning the veil, going, piercing the veil into, into the other parts of other dimensions or spirituality. If that's what it was, it was just darkness to me. Mm -hmm. And now I lost the light I had. And you're like, bitches, (laughs) this was not okay. (laughs) This This is not what I wanted. This is not what I signed up for. But it, I mean, we joke about it now because we have to, and we're better now, (laughs) but it really was, it was fucked up. I was really upset for a while. And I was too. I wasn't in the same full-on existential crisis, but I didn't feel like, I felt like we were in a ritual and the ritual was not over. I felt like I, I needed to do something to get back. The trip did not feel like done. a trip. It felt like an initiation. It felt like... It was like something that we were being dragged through by someone or something that was like, you're going to hate this. Mm-hmm. You're going to fucking hate this. Hate. But hate. you have to do it. <laughs> and here's the thing that we forgot. I totally forgot about this, which is another thing that made us feel like we needed to do this. I didn't want to do the shrooms, really. And I had to drive that day, I think, to acupuncture. And so in the car, I work with these grandmothers, some of you know. Right. And I called to my grandmother's on the 405 in LA because <laughs> the traffic was horrible. And so I was like, grandmas, you know, and I just said to them, like, please protect us. Let me know. Give me a sign that this is what we should be doing and it's okay. And yada, yada. And I swear to God, on the 405, clear visions of each one of my grandmothers that I work with came into my field of view. It was startling. I'm getting a chill right now just thinking about it. It was like they came to say, we're here. I remember. Yeah, but where were we? Yeah, well, where were they? When we were tripping. Yeah. Yeah. But not present. I feel like. Like, I feel like everything left. Either that or they knew. They were like, this is not our jurisdiction. This is the mycelium and the phase jurisdiction we can be here and we can let you know that it's safe because you got to do this because you are, it's already in your, like if it were the Nornir, you know, from the Norse traditions, yes. the, the Nornir would be like, it's written. It's yes. already written. Yes. And I, it did feel like that. 
it, it felt like this is what we were going to do. Yeah. The, period. The weaves, the whatever. Weaver, yes. The, the weavers have, yeah. have woven. <laughs> hath woven. It has been written. The weavers hath woven. <laughs> well, we, we. Fuck did, those weavers. We did do it. And I have to say, in retrospect, I mean, that we have more of the story, the other half of the initiation to, to talk about. But I have to say that I feel like we do have, each of us has that darkness. Everybody. And the chaos. Not just us. No, everybody. everybody. Yeah. And, and we tapped into We that. tapped into a part of, you know, in witchcraft and in other magic traditions, this light and the dark to combined are what give you the power. Mm-hmm. And it's that contrast and... That Integration. In, yes. is That's important. And so... I guess <laughs> I needed to tap into that. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to go to the light. We thought we were going to have like a hunky-dory time. Who says hunky-dory? Nobody. But uh, you We thought it was going to be fun. We thought it was going to be enlightening. Yeah. That's what we thought. We thought it was going to be enlightening. And it was, but not in the way that we wanted. Not in any way. And not on the timeline that we wanted. So we both felt like the ritual was not finished. And I was having some trouble with like, I couldn't laugh the way that I had laughed prior to the ritual. I'm going to call it the the shroom ritual. I wasn't feeling like my bubbly inner self. And you were just like, I don't even know where my light. I don't know where the light is. I don't know how, I don't know how to talk about it. I told my uh, wife, she was very sympathetic (laughs) And I was like, you will never take these. I will never let you. And she says, I don't think I want to. And we're like, good. <laughs> no. Uh, and we have not spoken of it in front of our son because I don't want him to ever. At some point, I will probably tell him about it because I want him to know not ever to do that. I didn't know what to do with it. I was just in trauma and I pissed off that the light felt gone and I felt hollow. Yeah. And so what do you do if there's a ghost in your house and you need help? You call the Ghostbusters. And what do you do if there's a fae in your house and you have a problem? You call the fae busters <laughs> or somebody who has experience with that. Yeah. And luckily with the podcast, I have amazing connections to people who work with the fae and work with entities of all types all the time. So I called up somebody who knows about that. And I said, can you please help me? And I said, it feels like this is what happened. It feels like this isn't finished. And she, it's undone. It and undone. she said the same thing. She was like, you were in a ritual. I absolutely think the Fae were involved and you need to finish the ritual. And you also need to make it really clear to the Fae that that part of the working is done. Done. And because they can keep going, they might've still been working with us and we didn't know. And that's why we felt like shit. So it was months later. Yeah. It was not too many months. Well, you had to move here. It was, well, when did we do it? We just did it a couple weeks ago. So no, I mean, when did we do the shrooms? October. October. So we did the shrooms in October and then I moved to PA temporarily at the end of November. So yeah. And it was in December that we did the It was next the 31st. Part. Or no, it was the 1st of December. The 1st it of, was the, of January. Yeah. The day. Oh, right, right, right. It was the 1st of January. It was New Year's it was. Day. It was New Year's Day. So I called and I said, okay, <clears throat> tell me exactly what you would do and how do we make it clear that this contract, because the Fae like to work with contracts, is complete. And she was like, well, let me break it down for you. So we said, fine, we'll do exactly that. So we prepared for it. And I hadn't called her until like, I don't know, 
this, this particular woman I didn't call until like a week or so before the first. And we thought, well, let's do it on the first. So we're starting right the new year. Yes, 22. Let's get this. Uh, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it wrap up. It. So we followed her directions, which were, we started with on the very early morning of the first yep. of 2022. Yep. What do we do? We mapped out or planned our ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the first thing we did was we, we took an offering to the Fae. And if you have been working with the Fae, this is always the first thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> really. Give them an offering. Give them an offering. And so we went to a tree that you felt. Yeah. We had, went to a tree that is pretty much hollow on the inside. So it could be a doorway to the underworld. And we left an offering be letting them know quite clearly uh, again and again, many times that we were done, that we did not thank them. You don't thank the Fae. No, we, we were told by multiple people. Do never not, thank the you Fae. You don't want to be indebted to the Fae. Never. We said we appreciated the, the lesson, lesson, but we were done with that. You live, my parents live in the woods. So yeah. there's all kinds of critters and stuff about, but we thought we'll put it in this nook for now. And so we put two homemade cookies. Yep. Some honey. Yep. And some milk, I think. Or no, really good Lancaster County eggnog. Yes. Like Amish eggnog. Yes. That was the the good stuff. stuff. So I put that in there. And then we came and did the ritual. Yes. The second part of the ritual. Yes. Or really, technically, the the whole whole fifth part of the the ritual, I guess. (laughs) Whatever part. Whatever part. The end. The end. The last part of the ritual. So. So the person that I talked to said, I think you need to do a cord cutting. And something you're still holding on to yes. this negative energy. What we're about to describe fucking worked. Oh yeah, 100%. it so worked. Yeah, I'm a little bit amazed that it worked. But witchcraft it, worked. It really worked. <laughs> and I'm so happy it did. It I, okay. So go ahead and describe. So we had three candlesticks, and they were all the same kind. The silver candlestick that. Mom had holders. holders. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, candlestick holders. And we had two candlesticks that I got from a witch who makes great stuff, and two candles for the each of us for each of us that were abundance candles that represented each of us. Right, one and each. One each one goes into the candlestick holder, and then there. So it's a triangle. Jesus, I can't tell you. I can't get it out. So there's a triangle. So the one had a black candle in it and we anointed it and we blessed it and put, I mean, we put all the negativity into it. We um, carved into it. That was the banishing candle. That was the banishing candle. And then these two parts of the triangle were us. And then we tied string, one string from this candle to that to the banishing candle and one string from this candle to the banishing candle. So we're both connected to the banishing candle, yep. but not to each other. So the way the ritual works, and we did lots of other steps in there that we, sure. we don't need to talk about all the details, but is that you light the candles when you get to that part of the working and you let them burn until the cord has burnt and the, and it breaks the, the bond between us and the, and the dark part, which was, represented by the black candle. Exactly. So we leave it in a tin in my mom's studio out, you know, it's like out in the woods and we just let them burn, burn there for hours. And we Until check, they burned out. 
Yeah. I mean, after we did our ritual, we said the things we needed to say. We said some more things. We made some, it was New Year's, so we did some, some visioning and different things. We invited different, uh, the grandmothers and some different things. We cast an actual circle. I mean, it was a real ritual. We did a real ritual, but then, you know, when we were done, we just left the candles to close the circle appropriately and did the backwards cleanup. We did that. Just in case. You should always do that. And then we let them finish. Because they had to finish. Yes. And then what happened? And then what happened? <laughs> oh my goodness. So we didn't stay tuned next time for what happened. No, <laughs> da, da, no, da. we'll type in. <laughs> so we come in later. You come in. You saw it first, but yeah. we, we come in and we see. Well, I came to check. I just want, you know, I didn't want it to, I didn't think it would burn outside of the tin. It's this big, huge metal thing. It's not going to burn outside, but just want to make sure, you know, live flame in my studio. Yeah. So I came out and. It had burned all the rope. Everything worked perfectly. Except strangely. Yeah. The the candle holder holding the black candle was destroyed. Destroyed. Like metal. Broken. I mean, for how? For why? I don't know. And the, the it's funny because the the string was a higher on the candle. So I have no idea how that. Well, we have a picture of it. We'll put it. I'll put it in the post for this. You can see the picture. Yes. Uh, oh, and the, we have a good. You have a good picture of the whole kind of uh, setup. But um, yeah, that that holder was done. It was. It was like we had to throw it away, or did and, we keep it for to to have it? No, I think we threw it out and used. Oh, no, asked we, your friend, "What does this mean?" I should, so the the woman who was helping us, I sent a picture, and she was like, "Yeah, seems like you were really meant to do that. <laughs> Sounds like that was a good idea. That was necessary, and we uh, fully agree. And so that was this is the twenty fifth. So that was twenty five days ago, and I absolutely feel different. Hundred percent. Like it's night and day. I mean, pardon the pun, because we've been dealing with the dark on the light. Yes, for yes, but. So much different. So much different. I feel lighter. I feel I've been able to tap into that energy again. I feel like it's, I feel like the Fae are appeased. Yeah. And And whatever was in that candle put up a fight even in that last cord cutting. I absolutely believe that. And it busted open the whole thing. I mean, the other two candlestick holders were completely fine. I should note. They were pristine. Yeah. And this one just decided... Bam. I'm going to... It's, it's like it blew up. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And it, it curled on in itself. Like it like yeah. it melted or something. Metal. That doesn't make any Metal. sense. Metal. Yeah. <laughs> it was reaffirming. And also, later we checked on the offerings in the... Yep. In the hollow of the tree. Not had touched. not been touched. Now we have squirrels and raccoons and... What's that? Coyotes and... What about the little things that you're always that you always have to get out of your yard? Oh, the moles. moles. We have moles everywhere. Yeah, we have so many critters. We live in the woods. We have lots and lots of critters. Not touch. Not touch. Nothing. And it's honey. <laughs> yeah, no bugs in it. Well, it's winter time, but no bugs. No nothing. No, we haven't gone up and checked recently. Maybe but... we should, and then we'll. I'll give you an update in the outro. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I still have to say the memory of the trip is not a pleasant memory, but I don't feel as traumatized. I've been able to speak of it to other people. I'm able to do this, which for a long while I was, I, we talked about it. I'm like, um, you did not want, nope, couldn't talk about it. Mm -mm. So yeah, it feels like we completed 
the full circle of the ritual. Mm-hmm. And I I don't really know what the full meaning is. We might never. But I feel different. I feel reaffirmed. I feel alive, grateful to be alive. I feel really grateful to be connected back to that part inside myself that I've always been able to connect to. Really grateful that I can connect to that again in my meditations and in, in anything I do. You know, we did this together, so I'm grateful for that. That's something we'd never done before like that. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm grateful for that. I never would recommend uh, mushrooms to anyone <laughs> unless you're under a doctor's care and they're microdosing you and they know what the hell they're doing. But I'm not going to ever take them again. I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm good on I'm, that. I'm, 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 that's it. I did my quota for my lifetime <laughs> and never have to do any more. So. It did very much feel like with all the pieces that we just described over this, however long we've been talking, that this was meant to happen. Yes. And we needed this like really intense contrast to learn these lessons and to finish a ritual that. I don't know. I don't, again, we don't know all the reasons. And maybe, you know, if more comes to us, we'll let you know, but hopefully not in that way. No, (laughs) but I do think, you know, it it did open up some things for me, but it did. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell you where that's going to go yet. So Mm -hmm. TBD. Yeah. I mean, overall it was good in the end, but the process really sucked. Sucked. Um, yeah. And I have heard that that is very common. That can be common with the Fae. And mushrooms. I've heard that that. Yeah. Our guru on that part of it, he says it does take time, but that there, it does offer you something through that. Oh yeah. He said that the, the bad trips, which that would have definitely been a bad trip. Bad. Are more beneficial than the good trips because of the, I don't know contrast and maybe the experiences or maybe what it does to your mind. Maybe it clears things out. Maybe it's like clearing out the cobwebs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I guess it's kind of like anything that you do that's really hard. It does give you strength, strength and has offers gifts. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I don't recommend them. I feel like the Fae interdimensionally travel via mycelium and if you take psilocybin you know i feel like that's the that's the heart of the fae that's their realm and you just entered it without an invitation kind of mm-hmm. we did or maybe we even had an invitation i don't know i can't say for sure but wow yeah that, that's no matter tread what carefully yeah there i would definitely before you take shrooms think about that that but like you are going into potentially multiple realms yep that, that are not under any jurisdiction of any being that you're even familiar with. Yeah. Because there, there's lessons there that are gnarly. Yeah. Be But careful. that's common for the Fae and for shamans and yeah. for gurus, Indian gurus, like the trickster energy or the dark night of the soul or river sticks, like yep. ancient Egyptians doing the whole, like, I'm going to do the underworld. Never thought I wanted to do that. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, maybe I was seeking the power without wanting to do the work. And so, you point. know, that never is really going to work out. Uh, you're going to have to do the work. That's part of it. I don't know. Maybe if you listen to this and you have some insights into what's happened and what we yeah, have experienced or maybe will experience. Happy to share them with us. We'll be interested. We'll read about it. 
Yeah, I would like to know what y'all think about this very weird experience. I didn't even think I'd get mom to do this. So thank you for doing this, mom. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I think <laughs> it'll be fine. It's good and it's important for what's to come with Follow the Woo and what we're working on that we can't tell you about, but it's important to know all of the stages of the initiations that I've been going through and that mom and other people in my system sphere have been going through so that you understand that there is a reason for all of this. And part of the reason I don't even understand, but well, you're following the woo and you know, this is what happens. Okay. (laughs) I would say you've been following since you were born because I was following the woo before you. Yes. So thanks so much. Yes. So (laughs) I've kind of put you on this track and you've taken it off in places that I never dreamed, but you know, more power to you. We, we have our individual paths, but we often intersect. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just following the woo. We're following the woo. Following the woo. All right. I think that's it. Yeah. We're done. We're done. We did it. Thank you for listening. Love you, Mom. I told you it was going to be a weird one. So I checked, and it looks like we took somewhere between three to four grams each. To give you some context for that, a microdose would generally be between 0.1 to 0.25 grams. A low dose would be 0.25 to 1 gram. A moderate dose would be around 1 to 2.5 grams. And a high dose would be somewhere between 3 and 4 grams. A high dose. And these high doses can cause extreme visual and auditory hallucinations, visions like a kind of waking dream state, sometimes profound insights, not in this case, at least not in the moment, and major intensity, like major changes in perception and mood, thoughts, cognition, a feeling of full disassociation from your body, the possibility of ego death, where you completely lose your sense of self-identity, and in some cases, again, certainly not ours, the feeling of a divine presence. Although Ash had this experience to some extent. A high dose is often used to achieve spiritual experiences or emotional breakthroughs or trying to overcome a personal crisis or major depression. A heroic dose, yes, there's one more dose beyond, is generally four or five grams or higher. And that's when you go into the land of really, really weird like speaking with entities, gaining hidden knowledge, which is what Ash seemed to experience to some extent. But in short, my mom and I took a fuck ton of shrooms, especially for two people who are already super sensitive. We took somewhere between a high and heroic dose of mushrooms. What? We agree that this trip was the worst night of our lives. So please proceed with caution if you haven't done this before, if you're thinking of doing this, and consult a professional or physician prior. Be extra, extra careful and safe moving forward. Also remember, it is illegal to possess and ingest psilocybin, and you should especially be careful if you live in an area that's not operating in one of those decriminalized categories that I mentioned in the intro.
because we do not have the substance in our possession currently, and there's no way to physically prove that we did or didn't do it, we are safe to tell our story here on the podcast, just like Paul Stamets was safe to tell his story in his documentary, Fantastic Fungi, which is a great documentary, by the way. You should definitely check it out. For us, this wasn't just about a bad trip. It was also about profoundly uncomfortable lessons and removal of blockages. And we both believe 100% that we were in Fey territory for this whole process, this whole experience, this whole lesson. The fairy folk are known for showing little mercy when it comes to energy work. Oh, and I shared the picture of the exploded candlestick holder on social media, along with the Bigfoot in my new neighbor's lawn. So as promised, you can see the evidence of both of those bizarre situations. And weeks later, we checked on the offerings and the critters did finally get to them, but not until long after our ritual, which is pretty fucking weird because... They're all over, like we said. Follow the woo safely, people. As you know, shit can get really, really weird. Bye! Thank you for following the woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 